We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Moving Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy his word. Well, good morning. Um, I am truly excited to be here this morning. Anybody else excited about being here this morning? The right side was live, but the left side a little dead. <laughs> Is anybody excited about being here this morning? Um, I've been, it's, it's interesting the things that make you reflect on just how much you have. If you're paying attention to, to life, I'm saying not just your life, I'm talking about life. You don't have to lose anything to appreciate everything that you got. And for most of us, it takes a loss. It, it takes a situation. It takes a circumstance. It takes, you know, something drastic for us to say, Lord, I thank you. And I appreciate all that you've done. Um, and I've just been watching the news and I've been you know, watching what's been taking place, even in our own city. Um, and... He woke me up this morning, and he brought me to this space, and he gave me life yet again. And I cannot be but appreciative and grateful for every second that he gives me. I think, you know, my problem is, and I promise you I didn't get up here to say this, but my problem is is that we've become so assured that we have life. Life is lost just like that. Like that. And we act as if we've been the one keeping, we've been the one making this heart work. We've been the one that's been keeping the hedge of protection around us. We've been the one that's been giving our thoughts to, to our minds and we've been able to get the words out of our mouth and we've been able to make our toes move and wiggle and do, uh, we think that we've been the one that's been doing that, but it's all, all this time it's been God. Oh God, I can make all the plans I want, but if he don't say so, oh my God, y'all, if he don't say so. If he doesn't say so. So how could I ever, man, how could I ever not give him what's due to him? He deserves my everything. If he asked me for ever die, my God, he deserves it. If he asked me for my last breath, he deserves it. So how could I not? Knowing it wasn't me that gave my lungs the breath to breathe. We've become such an arrogant culture. And I'm just being, I make myself sick at times. Because if it wasn't for his will and his sovereign grace, man. Okay. Let's do some work this morning. Amen. If you don't mind, let's turn to the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 3, verse 13. 
We are still trekking along in our escape room series, dealing with temptation. Um, I have to say before we get into this, uh, this is one of those... Uh, This is one of those messages that really should be a, a Wednesday night Bible study. You know, the church I grew up in when I was a boy, um, you, you, the, the pastor would, you know, they didn't have like social media or nothing. So the pastor would like make calls and you would have to pass it around. And so the pastor wanted to deal with something on Wednesday night. It was like, it was, <laughs> it was an emergency Bible study that he just wanted to, he found something and he was like, oh, I got to give it to my people. Um, and, and, such we're, and because we're such a, um, you know, we don't want to do anything that's not, that's not tweetable. So if I don't give you a zinger at church or something that you can, t- oh, I got that, you know what I mean? If I, if, I, if I walk you through scripture and we talk about, you know, theology and all this different stuff, it's just boring to people nowadays. But there was a day that people thirsted for that. But if I don't make it, you know, if I don't, if I don't make it rhyme, if I don't, you know, if I don't put the, you know, the right syllables in there, it's like, oh, what did he say? Did he, what, what's he talking about at church? Um, but this is one of those, those messages. And what this is going to do for us is it's going to take the, 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 the topic we dealt with last week and tie it to the topic that we're going to deal with next week. So this is like one of those tweener things, okay? I got three little points, but I'm just going to give them to you in rapid succession. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but I just want to get this in your hands. So when we really deal with this text, because we're going to come back here next week, one, you'll be familiar with it, but you will have a perspective on it. Is that all right? So Matthew, and then two, we're going to read a lot of scripture. I know we got like a quote, like a, you know, like a, a saturation point with scripture. Like if we get beyond like you know, four or five you know, verses, it's like, <laughs> Pastor bugging today, y'all. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? But we're going to speak, we're going to read for a good little bit. Let's start at Matthew 3, 13. NIV version. So you got it. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We're going to jump down to verse 1, 4 and 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give 
you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended to him. Our focal text for today is uh, 4 and 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. <clears throat> when you take um, the verses we just read, specifically verses uh, 4 and 1 through 2, um, at face value, um, they seem to be a bit contradictory uh, in comparison to what we've been talking about for the past several weeks. How is it and why is it that God would allow Jesus to be tempted? Why would God allow Jesus to be led into a situation that was not favorable? Why is it that God announces to the world in Matthew 3, 17, that this is my son to whom I am well pleased? Just a few verses later, he leads him into a situation where Jesus might be a disgrace to him. To go even further, um, the scriptures seem to contradict, contradict themselves when you compare Matthew 4, 1 and 2 and James 1 and 13, which says, when tempted, no one should say God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by the devil, nor does he tempt anyone. Sounds like to me, either James or Matthew have some explaining to do. Because it sounds like God is doing in the book of Matthew exactly what James said he would not do. But when I read that and I looked at it and began to study it, I went deeper. Somebody shout deeper. If you do just a little bitty word study, I say little bitty word study because these things are easy nowadays. Back in the day, you had to have a concordance and do the whole bit. You can do it on your phone right now. But if you do a very small word study, um, you will find that it all makes sense if you pay attention to that word tempt. I got a definition for you. The word in the Greek is pirazo. Say that with me, pirazo. It's up on the screen. Write it down. It means to test, put to the test, tempt, make proof, or tri trial of to examine. This temptation thing that we've been talking about, this word, this big word, tempt, is to test, put to the test, tempt make proof or trial of to examine. That's an easy one, y'all. Y'all can write that down pretty fast. Come on. Now, even though um, we've learned and we all agree that temptation is not a good thing necessarily, good can come from it. Because what the devil means for evil, God uses for the good. When it comes to the subject of temptation, the difference is found in the motives of the tester. When it comes to the topic of temptation, the difference is in the motives of the tester. 
I have another one for you to write down. I told you this is like a Bible study. The devil tempts that you might fail, but God allows tests so that you might prevail. Jordan, I'm doing good already. The devil tempts that you might fail, but God allows tests so that you might prevail. I'm just making sure everybody stays with me. If y'all do good, we might be here for 20 minutes today. The devil tempts that you might fail, but God allows, allows test so that you might prevail. In August 2016, Samsung released the Samsung Galaxy Note 7. Uh, the initial reviews on this phone were very promising. Uh, it was thought to be one of the best phones of the year. Uh, but just a few short months later, in October of 2016, Samsung had to perform the biggest recall of consumer electronics in all of the history of the world because the phone was overheating and blowing up. Y'all remember that? I remember being on planes and they said, if you got a Samsung, <laughs> you can't get on the plane. <laughs> According to reports, this defect was not due to poor design but it was being caused by a battery being put inside of the phone. It wasn't because they designed it wrong. It was because of what was being put in it. It said that this recall, this, this recall that Samsung had to perform cost them $17 billion. And outside of the financial loss, the biggest loss was that it lost the trust of the consumer. So in response to this public catastrophe, Samsung had to ensure that any phone that was going to follow the Samsung 7 um, did not have the same failure. They had to ensure that it did not have the same failure. So they instituted what they call an eight-point battery safety check, and here's what their website says to this very day. Since the, since the Galaxy Note 7 recall, we've reassessed every step of the smartphone manufacturing process and developed the eight-point battery safety check. It involves putting our batteries through extreme testing inside and out, followed by careful inspection by x-ray and the human eye. We are making a stronger commitment to safer devices. Because of the catastrophe, y'all, they now take every single phone, every battery, through a test to ensure that it won't break. In the Garden of Eden, the first Adam broke. He was confronted by Satan, and he failed. And as a result of the first Adam's failure, he forfeited his dominion and rule over the earthly realm, and he gave his power to Satan. And in the process of him relinquish, relinquishing his power, he ushered in sin to all humanity. Somebody shout fast forward. Fast forward. 
Fast forward to Jesus, who was the second Adam. Listen to me now. He has to be at all points tempted because God was not going to do a recall. So he had to take his son through testing to ensure before I make you a public man, before I make you the public Messiah, you won't break. God allowed his son Jesus to be tempted, at all points tempted, to prove that he wouldn't break. God says, with my son Jesus, there are no recalls. We're going to get this right the first time. And, and just like Jesus, sometimes God will allow us to be tested to prove that we won't break. Oh, in, in the Old Testament, y'all, oh, I, I can mess with y'all with this. In the Old Testament, y'all, he says, um, have you tried my servant Job? You can test him, and I believe that he won't break. I want to give you three little points to help you understand that you don't have to break. Let's go to Matthew 3.16. As soon as Jesus was baptized... Matthew 3.16, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. The first reason why I won't break is because I am equipped. Write that down. Say that with me. I am equipped. That's three words, guys. Come on. Before God allows you to be tested, hear me on this now. Before God allows you to be tested, he has made sure that you are well equipped. Just before what I call a showdown in the wilderness, I want you to see what God does. He has... Jesus, which is the word made flesh. And he couples the word made flesh with the Holy Spirit. And then he leads him into the ring to be tempted. God has given us his word and his Holy Spirit to ensure that you can withstand temptation. You had better not face temptation without being well equipped. The one thing that you learn from reading this scripture is that God will make sure that you have everything that you need to stand in the face of temptation. I thank God because he makes sure that we are well equipped. Shout well equipped. That is the reason why you show up on a Sunday morning yearning for God's word because you need to make sure that you're equipped to walk into your Monday because when you get there, you better believe that that devil you fought last week is still waiting on you this week. You have to make sure that you're well equipped. I would not get into the ring with temptation if I'm ill-equipped. So, so what I love about it, though, is that it was, it was a two-part application. It was not just the word. 
as powerful, as potent, as, as big as God's word is, you still must have his Holy Spirit. So many of us, well, uh, Pastor Wanzo, I study every day. I know God's word and I, I know every scripture. Let me tell you something. We're going to talk about this next week. The devil more, know more scripture than you. He can quote scripture better than you. But he cannot have God's Holy Spirit. Listen to me, y'all. He cannot have God's Holy Spirit. Listen to me. When you have to face life, you have to face it well-equipped. I have this weird thing about myself. And I don't like telling y'all stuff because y'all be judging me. But I have this great fear (laughs) that um, I would have to defend my family without my shoes on. It's just a thing. I, I, I'll give you a real life story. We, we had built our first house. And, you know, Tina woke me up. She said, babe, I think somebody's outside. Now, I'm in the bed. I hop out of the bed in my boxers, and I stop to get my shoes, and I ran outside. I had a butcher knife and sneakers on, and I was running down the street. Because for me, I'm not, y'all laughing, I'm very serious. This happened, ask her. For me, that is being well-equipped for the fight. For our spirits, the Word and the Holy Spirit is the only thing that makes you well-equipped for the fight. The Holy Spirit and the Word of God is is your um, temptation survival kit. Don't leave home without it. You have to make sure that, one, you have the word of God. Shout the word of God. God. And his Holy Spirit. You get to just get the word of God every Sunday. You get to dive into that by yourself. And whatever you want to do, you get to have the word of God. But you have to receive his Holy Spirit. You shall receive. It is not the same thing as just showing up to church on Sunday morning and let me walk you through scripture. No, you have to walk in and say, Lord, I, I want your Holy Spirit. I receive your Holy Spirit. I want you, to, I, want you, I want you to be my Lord, my King over my spirit. I have to ask for that. So many of us go into our face lives, our lives, ill-equipped. Because I got a good word, girl. He gave me a zinger. We're going to post that. But as soon as you get to work Monday morning and they say that thing that you just don't like. Okay. Only got three points. I told you I'm going to be quick today. First reason why I won't break because I am, I, I am equipped. Let's get the second one. Verse 16. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. I'm going to read that again. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. The second reason why I won't break is because I am his child. Shout, I am his child. 
if you have confessed salvation and have committed your life to God, you have to know and have the resolve in your spirit that you are his child. I'm going to say that again. If I have confessed salvation and I have given him the reins of my life, I have to know in myself and come to the resolve that I am his child. That means that if I am his child, he will never lead me into an unfavorable situation because he loves me too much. Maybe that's hard to, 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 to translate because you didn't have a good experience with your earthly father. But you have to understand about your spiritual father, the God of heaven. He will never lead you into an unfavorable situation because you are his child and he loves you too much. Even to this very day, um, as big as my daughter is, um, she's an oversized 14-year-old girl. Not in a bad way, a good way. Oh, calm down. She's going to give it to me when I get off stage. Um, she still to this very day um, will lose it over the most insignificant small bug. It doesn't matter what kind of bug it is. It doesn't matter how big the bug is. She is going to lose her mind. Dad, can you come kill it? And my response to her is, no, you kill it. I don't even have to see the bug. I don't have to be in a, I remember one time I was at work, and the girl calls me on the phone frantic. Dad, there's a lizard in the house. You know how big our house is? Go to another room. The lizard's not going to get you. Like, what's going to happen? Dad, I don't know. She's in tears. Dad, I don't know what to do. Kill it. I'm going back to work. I'm not having this conversation with you. You're not going to die. And every time she comes to me, my answer is the same. Kill it. Fix it. Get over it. Go back at it. Because listen to me, I know that this is not too much for you to bear. I know that you can do this. And it may not feel like you can do it, but I left you there in that situation by yourself because you got to get over this. You got to stop falling to this. You crying for me to get you out? No, get over it. No, get it. Kill it. No, I'm not pulling you out because you're too big for this. You're too mature for this. You're too smart for this. Get over it. I wouldn't. And here's the thing. You said, well, basketball, that's, kind of, that's, that's rough. You just going to let her kill a bug? She's a girl. Check this out. If it were a bear, I would defend her. If it were a dog, I would defend her. But he, listen to me. This is what I'm trying to get you to understand. He will never leave you in a situation that's too big for you, that you can't handle, that you can't manage through, that you can't get out of, that you can escape from. He will always provide you a way of escape. But you got to say, God, I know that I'm your daughter, I'm your son, and you won't put too much on me. You won't put more on me than I can bear, and I can do this. You're not looking for his way of escape. You're just escaping. Do you know that you can get out of things the wrong way? Like, you fixed it, but you broke it. 
oh, I told them what they needed to hear, but you said it the wrong way. You broke it. Oh, they know I can't do this anymore, but, but you cussed them out. You broke it. He won't put more on you than you can bear. And he won't let you, he won't lead you into a situation. He won't allow you to be under temptation that you cannot handle. Fix it. Kill it. Destroy it. Kennedy, step on it. Can I give you a funny one? I promise I'm going to move on. So I come home one day, and this is the kind of house I live in. I come home one day, and there's a bleach spot on the floor. You know how big of a deal a bleach spot is on the floor? On the carpet? I'm flipping out. What happened to my floor? Righteous flip out, right? No, I'm just, what happened to my floor? Dad, it was a bug. You see what I deal with in my house? Tell your neighbor, I am his child. He's not going to lead me. He's not going to allow me to be in a space that is too much for me. He is going to provide me a way of escape, and he will ensure that I make it out intact. Let's get this last one. Matthew 4.1. Y'all learning anything? Okay. Matthew 4.1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Point number three, our final point today. Um, The third reason why I won't break is because I am led. The third and final reason why I won't break is because I am led. Now, the text states that Jesus was led. Y'all still writing? Three words. Like, what are we doing today? We're an advanced church, (laughs) y'all. The text states that Jesus was led, and that means that Jesus didn't end up in the wilderness because he made the choices himself. It wasn't poor decision-making that got Jesus into this space where he was being tempted. He didn't get himself into it. He was led. A few weeks ago, Kennedy and I were headed down to Miami, and um, I put our destination into our GPS, and we headed in the direction that um, the GPS told us to go. Um, We were being led by the GPS to our destination. About three-quarters of the way through the trip, the GPS announces to me that there is traffic ahead, but you're still on the fastest route. 
So when I started in Orlando, I put in my destination, and I was being led to my destination by my GPS. But while it was leading me to my destination, I was being led through traffic because I was following the lead of my GPS. I didn't end up in the traffic because I made a bad turn. I didn't end up in the traffic because I made a bad decision. I ended up in the traffic because my GPS was leading me through it, and this was the fastest route to my destination. It is not the goal of the Holy Spirit to lead you into temptation. But sometimes you have to go through temptation to reach your final destination. So for Jesus, his final destination was the cross. But he had to be led through temptation in order to reach his final destination. I don't want you to misinterpret the text to understand that God will lead you into temptation and that's your final destination. No, your final destination is the one that he has ordained you to be. And sometimes you have to go through temptations in order to reach your destination. He does not tempt you, but he will lead you through temptation. And it is our only job, listen to me, it is our only job to follow his lead. My GPS told me this is still, oh gosh, y'all, this is still the fastest route. As much as I wanted to get out of it, as much as I wanted to divert it, I had to go through it. I had to overcome it. I had to press through it and get to my destination because this was still the fastest route. And what we're going to learn next week is that when you get in the middle of temptation, temptation will try to offer you things that are quicker ways and faster routes so that you don't have to go through it. You, you see, we read it, Satan offered him a crown instead of the cross. But our salvation came by way of the cross, not a crown. Oh. I am led. No, he does not tempt me. But sometimes he will lead me through temptation. Because that is still my fastest route. Stand to your feet. Thank you for streaming the latest message from Truth Movement Church. We pray that you found something in God's word that you can deposit into your heart for future use. To stay connected with our ministry, like us on Facebook or Instagram, or learn more about us by visiting www.truthmovementchurch.org.